This is CliffCentral.com. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with Siabayile. Live on Cliff Central. Yes, yes, yes. Brave, cultured, and progressive. This is the Threaded Exchange with Siabonga Beile. It feels so good to be back. We are live from Johannesburg at the Cliff Central offices. And of course, you know what the show is about. It's about having conversations that are progressive. It's about opening your mind and it's about being off script and just like young people talking and inspiring each other. And today I've got a really incredible guest. Um, she goes by the Pitbull in Heels. Farah, Pitbull in Heels, what is this about? What does it mean to be a Pitbull in Heels? Oh, goodness. You know, this, firstly, let's just clear this up where this name came from. I got this name from a client who said in an interview to media, Farah is like a Pitbull in Heels. And this yeah. was probably like a year and a half into the business. And it stuck. And everybody just started calling me that. So it yeah. came from a client that just stuck with me forever. <laughs> wow. I think, uh, you know, I always believe that you should have manners. I should have manners. How are you doing? I think, as everybody knows, like African Star has been doing a lot lately. It's like flip. You guys are owning every space. And we saw you sign Babes Odumo and all these incredible things. So I want to ask, how are you feeling? Ooh. And how can you describe <laughs> your life right now? Um, you know, I'm, I never complain about my life. I w- we were having a chat earlier and I actually said to you, if I was sitting at home and doing nothing, I would be really upset with my life. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm tired like everybody else. It's, yeah. You know, um, I need to sleep more. I need more of a life. I need to <laughs> more get More money, <laughs> more sleep, more love, more everything. Man. More everything. But I'm very grateful for the position I'm in. Don't get me wrong. I'm really, really grateful. I get up every morning and I don't have to look at my clock and think, oh my God, my boss is going to shut up me because I'm late. Um, so I'm very grateful I'm not in that position. And I'm, yeah. I'm grateful I get to decide how much my paycheck is every month. Yeah. Um, and that's really up to me and no one else. Um, but that kind of pressure also puts, you know, uh, a lot of stress on you to make sure that yeah. you are bringing in the money every yeah. month. <laughs> <laughs> you strike me as, I think, one of the best qualities about you is that you're such an honest person. And I mean, in your honesty, you're always honest when it comes to yourself and your worldly views. Yeah. And because of social media and because of brands and influencing, yeah. a lot of people lie in the space. Yes. You know, someone will come across as honest, but they're dishonest. But from day one, you've always been like, this is my beliefs. You tweet about it. The yeah. person that tweets is the same person that you meet. Yeah. And you don't care whether people like that or not. And so there's a lot of you know, kids that want to enter the industry and they don't understand that, you know, that your brand needs to be authentic to who you are. How did you get to that space? I mean, I put you, you know, in the same people as like a a girl club, for example, very honest, very brutal, doesn't give a shit what people say. (laughs) It's, it's, it's it's who he is. And that is sort of come as refreshing in the industry and in an industry that has a lot of secrets in an industry Mm -hmm. that has a lot of liars. You just come out with the bullets. Like this is what (laughs) it's about. This is it. What made you be that way? Is it the way that you were raised or is it something that you picked up from being in Joburg? I think um, it's so many things that you mentioned now. Firstly, I mean, I was born here. I lived in South Africa till I was 10. From that age, we moved to the UK, um, to Belgium. I lived there for three years and then we used, moved to the UK. I only came back here when I was 24, 25. Um, so for me, it was very, you know, I, even being being in Europe, um, I, I very much remember where I come from, and, and it was very important for me to let everybody else know that I am 
I am African. I am yeah. from South Africa. This is where I'm from. So coming back here was, um, it was very natural for me because I was home. And, and especially when the social, in, when social media started coming up, you know, it was first Facebook, then Twitter, then Instagram. Yeah. And I, and I'm just that kind of person that I don't lie very well. So I can't hide my facial expression. <laughs> if I'm lying, you're gonna know I'm lying. Yeah. Um, and, and, for me, I just kind of felt like I always just needed to be who I was because the minute you're not, I mean, can, I can only imagine how tiring it is for people having to be one person on social media and then one person off there then yeah. one person to your family and one person to your friends. Um, and for me, it's easier just to be me because I can't, I can't mess up anyway. Yeah. I can't, I can't lie about anything you going to know. I don't want to say to you, I drive the, the, a Porsche and then, you know, there's, there's not a Porsche outside. I don't yeah. want to be that person. I mean, you're even honest about the lows. I mean, you even, I, I think it was last year or some, some time ago when you were talking, you were celebrating an African star milestone yes. and you were like, yo guys, there was times where I was just like fucking broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people is. in Joburg are so afraid of saying that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So many people in Joburg are so caught up in, especially because of like Instagram. Yeah. But I mean, Instagram's not to blame. I think Instagram yes. just highlights it more. Yes. Where people are cool to shop in their Porsches, but then when the, the Porsches fade, they also just sort of fade. Yes, they forget to keep going on, and uh-huh. that losing and gaining things That's is just it's life. It's hard to keep up a lie, especially a lie about your lifestyle. Yeah. And for me, you know, the most important things for me every month are: Does my daughter have clothes that fit her? Is there food in the fridge? Is the electricity paid? Is the water paid? As long as those things are done, it doesn't matter if I'm not rocking Louis. It's yeah. fine. My daughter's fed. And really, you know, our priorities are different in life. Our goals change as we get older, especially as an entrepreneur. Your goals change consistently and continuously. Um, and, and that's the thing. My my ultimate goal is always to make sure my daughter's okay. As long as she's yeah. okay, I'm fine. Um, but I don't want to live that life. It's, it's, firstly, it's just too much to carry on with and and I think I also believe that if you're honest about your life there's nothing that someone can come at you with yeah. if you tell people I'm a hoe it's fine what you gonna say to me what are you gonna what say you what gonna you gonna, gonna, gonna say? do if I tell you I'm broke yeah. what you gonna call me a broke bitch it's fine Which, if I tell you everything that's wrong you have nothing to come at me with and I'd rather be honest with people I don't ever want people to think like ooh I'm living this glamorous lifestyle and I'm tra- when I travel I save yeah. when I go out and party I party within my budget yeah. I don't want to ever live that life that people think, oh, it's so glamorous because we've all got bills, and yeah, it's nice to aspire to other, you know, to things and see what other people have. But I'm not those other people. Yeah. I, I so live what I can afford. You're basically saying, "Fuck living rich and dying broke." Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> I want, I want to retire. Bottles, yeah, and then when you die, you can't even pay for your funeral. Now people have to raise funds for your funeral. Exactly. But you are busy popping twenty grand bottles of taboo. Thank you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to live that lifestyle? That's your choice. You yeah. know, you have to go home every day and live with what you have paid. What you haven't paid or the fact that you can afford that lifestyle do you boo like yeah. do you it's fine. I think that us having this conversation starting from you being you I think it's so important because a lot of entrepreneurs think when you build a brand you must go and read up about Richard Branson and yes. they, and you know how they carry their lives yes. and you think that their model will work for you but it seems like you've built your business based on your morals first who I, am I as Farah and I think that honesty runs throughout your company I mean I look at your company structure you don't necessarily take you know you don't care about numbers you don't care about social media what you care about is the person real and authentic yes. and if I look at you know the brands you've worked with in terms of African style whether they've stayed or moved on their beginning was that or what has made them superstars now is because it was being real and authentic yes. and you laid down that foundation I try the thing is I try to to tell people especially when you're coming into this industry um 
you are going to live a life you've never lived. Unless you were born with a golden spoon in your mouth, you're never going to understand what yeah. this life is And not just in terms of money But just in terms of people The amount of people who want to know you Because now you're famous The yeah. people who didn't want to interact with you And and brands as well Who didn't really give two shits about you before Now suddenly they're going to be very interested in you Because you've got something they want And and yeah. ultimately you also have something they want you, um, yeah. They can give you, which is money <laughs> but, um, but like I say, for me it's It's very much trying to prepare people For the doggy dog world, especially in the entertainment industry in Africa, not just South Africa, in Africa. Um, and you need to understand that. You need to understand how it works. You need to understand that it's very, very hard. And if you're not authentic with yourself, you are going to die broke. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And also, I mean, what made you, I mean, in the social media space, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't like throwing shade, but sure. a lot of media or PR company that have a talent division always look at, yeah, we want Banban with 1.5 million yes. followers. We want Ubanbani with, you know, this yeah. amount of followers. But you've built a stable where it's not based on follow- followership. I look at Solo and a lot of people, you know, he's built one of the most consistent careers. Uh-huh. But he doesn't have the biggest followerships no. in the world and he gets all the right gigs. He's always in the right but he's spaces, consistent. always dressedly sharp. But then you get someone who has a lot of followers, but they're not as consistent. They're not mm-hmm. getting the right gigs or in the right media. So what shaped that thinking for you to be like, Aish, I see everyone running after Abu Pil 2C yeah. with 1.5 million <laughs> followers. Now I want. These are the brands I want to work yeah. with. How think, did that come about? I think with us as well, we try and create very authentic brands. So as much as, you know, brands approach us for so many of our people, I mean, you know, you actually one of my clients. I'm an African star. You're an African yes. star client. I got, the, I got the golden star. My career has just blown up since I joined. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you know, it's not about brands for us. It, it really is about, you know, being authentic. Um, the one thing I really, really hate is a brand that takes somebody on just for the pure fact of one numbers, um, two, the fact that they think they're popular. Yeah. Um, there's no natural feel. Um, there's, you know, you'll, you'll see somebody who you've never seen drink a brand or never seen associate with a brand. All of a sudden they're a brand ambassador. And you're thinking to yourself, how does this even make sense? What is the message as a brand that you're trying to get across? But the person who's actually signed up as well, you look at their career and you think, how does this even fit into what they're yeah. doing? Um, so I think for me, it's really important that our clients and the, the brands that we associate with our clients are very natural. It has to be believable. And it also has to be a brand that there's going to create longevity with it. Well, for instance, with Solo. When we signed him, I said to him, dude, this is a long process. You need to understand that this, there's no such thing as an overnight success. No one has ever gone to sleep tonight and woken up a superstar yeah. all over the world tomorrow. It's never happened. You can't even say a three-month success. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Um, so I think for, with us, you know, it's 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 very important that we make our clients um, understand that and really believe that, you know, we're here to work together and it's not going to be – you know, we're not going to do this right now, but we're going to do everything right now to make yeah. sure that later on you are reaping the rewards of this. Um, and many, many brands, they don't see that they, especially artists or, or bloggers or creatives in general, they just see the money, which ultimately I don't blame a lot of people. We all have bills to pay. You can't blame. Yeah. But if you really want to see the longevity in your career, you need to be aware of that. I mean, for instance, you take someone who's got 1.5 million followers. And they put something up because they've been paid to put up a post. 
Okay, you paid them 10, 20 grand to put up the post. Yeah. That's it. There's, there's nothing else after that. There's, there's, there's not another post that you never see this person with this brand again. Yeah. Um, and, and that for me is, is always kind of a problem because you need to understand that social media f- followers don't necessarily equate to sales. So you can yeah. have, you can have someone with 2000 followers. Who has got a better engagement rate than someone that's sitting with 1.5 million followers? Yeah. Because ultimately, 1.5 million followers. How many people can you talk to every day? Yeah. Yeah. And also in the 1.5, who actually follows you? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's one thing I think I learned from working with you guys, especially with one of your teammates, uh, Justine, who's been like, you know, see, I don't care about that you don't have a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. Gabriel Union's now following you. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm it's like, it's you've the got authenticity these of yeah. your followers. It's, yes. a, it's the authenticity of the followers and sort of now those kind of people are seeing your yes. your work rather than someone who just doesn't give a shit. Just exactly. looking and not even liking anything. Exactly. And and you know, you can have all the likes in the world again, does it equate to sales? Because how authentic is it? Is this person believable? You know, can they, can you believe that they actually wear that brand of shoes, yeah. that they wear this dress, that if this dress wasn't given to them, would they have bought the dress? If they didn't have that bottle delivered to them, would they have put it on there? I mean, I mean, even from my company, as, as, as brands, we do rely on gifting and uh, merchandising yeah. to celebrities. But when you look at the c- campaigns that we do, it's, it's very much related to those people we deliver those yeah. and people say oh why didn't i get why didn't I? because you don't suit the brand you yeah. in all honesty it's great to give you a gift and i appreciate that you want to put up a post for us but your post actually isn't your followers buy gucci they're not drinking uh, you yeah. know this cordial yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and, and I think that's what people don't understand especially from an agent agency perspective and i think that's what makes you so different is that you're not money no. in a sense that Everyone is not going to be for you And that is okay yes. You know what I'm saying yes. You're not money We are not money So yes. not everyone's going to love us Not everyone's going to like us Not everything is going to suit us sure. And some things are just not meant for you And I see a lot of people complaining about Oh I didn't get this opportunity Oh this brand works with these people yeah. And it's just like Number one it's just not your time maybe Because mm-hmm. you haven't done the work You're yes. not there yet And number two The brand is just not for you You know I'm, what I'm saying Like I know I don't I don't shop Gucci I don't wear Gucci sure. You know what I'm saying So Because I can't flip and afford Gucci I can't afford I mean I can afford one or two pieces But I can't wear one piece And be like Yeah I like, wear Gucci Exactly You know what I'm I saying I know what you mean I can't say I'm a multi-millionaire When I only make a million a year You know what I'm saying you know You're a multi-millionaire I'm, When you know you're making Millions of dollars now. <laughs> exactly. You know, and you transcend that when you're a dollar millionaire, when you're it's a dollar whole, mil- that's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, I think, a lot of influencers or a lot of celebrities don't understand that. I think also we need to we need to be very realistic as well when it comes to brands and association. We need to also understand that some brands, um, let's just be real. You know a friend. And the friend has now suggested you because you've got this public platform, and and it happens like that too. But ultimately, the end the End goal is when the brand says, yes, I yeah. suit this. You know, when somebody actually signs off on it. But it, it is helpful to have relationships. Have relationships. Make yourself known. Yeah. Okay, cool, guys. It's been 20 minutes into the conversations with Farah. Please send us your questions or you can WhatsApp us on 079-748-2090. It's Farah Fortune on Twitter, right? FC Fortune. FC Fortune on Twitter. Is it FC Fortune across everything? FC Fortune on everything. FC Fortune on everything. Please hashtag the thread exchange. Ask us those fiery questions because the conversation is about to go even more depth. We're talking about how do you build an effective brand and what role does PR play in that place? And most importantly, talking about Farah as a business empire. I, I hate the term like when they say businesswoman. I just <laughs> want to say business person, businessman. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I like, I hate when they say like in a title where they be like, yeah, she runs a business and she's a woman. Yeah. Like, 
You're a human being. You should be able to. I always business. get that. I'm so you know what I'm saying. Like I believe you're a business empire. You've been running African stuff for nine years. So I'm not gonna Thanks. diminish you and be like business woman. You know what I'm saying? It makes it seem like it's weird that a woman's running a business. I hate that. No, I get it. I completely get it. Business empire, African star Thank on the you. other side of this. Forget it. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Amen. Can I get amen. an amen from the congregation? Me and Farah having a conversation. About My producer's like laughing there in the back. But I think this is why it's Clip Central. Things happened untimely. Things just happened to stop. But you were saying, let's actually continue. You're saying, yes. so Jay-Z's album, you felt that it was it was very honest and you enjoyed that because of that. I, I enjoy Jay-Z's album. Uh, or should I say, I'm enjoying Jay-Z's album purely because, you know, I'm a lot older than, than, than yeah. many people in the yeah. industry. And I remember Jay from like... Back in the day So for me This is very blueprint He was so honest The flow yeah. I love how he stayed away From all the new school shit Yeah And he just It was just him Even regardless of the 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 lyrics In terms of What he came out with Whether it's true or not It's just It was so him And I enjoyed yeah. The flow on the yeah. album Yeah I think I think it's, it's, it's one of the things That I've found quite incredible Is that I believe that I'm surrounded By incredible people You know I'm surrounded by you I'm surrounded by people Like Tibbs Who've been in the industry For such a long time and when I look at someone like you, and I mean, even Jay-Z, you know, I even compare you to Jay-Z. Where <laughs> wow, you live and I'm honored. You live in an era where you're doing your own thing. You build it. I, I think you're building wealth. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. Dude, and I'm trying. a lot of people will try and be like, yeah, you need to represent a trap rapper or Jay-Z should be a trap musician or Tibbs should now be a blogger or this. And where people are just trying to put you all in all these, yeah. what do I call? When Jay-Z goes, you're still signing deals. You don't want to be signing deals. You mm-hmm. want to be creating, creating the them. deals. Yes. And most people don't understand that sort of mentality and thinking. And I think that's what has shaped my business growth where all the things that I've managed to achieve with a threaded man is being surrounded by people like you where, you know, you're like, stop going after the deal, go after the whole table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Create the deal, create yeah. the structure, build your own structure, stop depending on people. And I don't know why people in South Africa don't understand that idea. And they hate on that when you start being like... Okay, I'm going to tell you yeah. exactly why. I think right now, especially in, um, I'd say from 18 to early 30s, I think a lot of people are still in that era where it's... It is hard. It's very hard to create a brand by yourself. But we still are of the thinking that unless somebody backs us, then we'll only be able to do it then. Trying to get money to start your business is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. And I mean, I didn't get money to start my business. I had to go and find my own money. And I'm grateful for that in a way because I don't owe anybody. I don't owe any investors. I don't, I don't have any other people that are, that own this business or assigned to it. It's just me. Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot. It, it really, and even at that point, I didn't know how much it took to, to get this business off the ground. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful now, nine years later, but if you'd asked me nine years ago, you know, at some point I may have just looked at my daughter and been like, fuck, let me go get a nine to five because I need yeah. to sort my shit out. Um, but I was very lucky that I had the resilience to carry on. But that was that was hard for me, and I and I can only understand how hard it is for someone who who doesn't have that inner strength right now yeah. to pull through and and go hungry for a couple of days because you know in the end it's going to yeah. be worth it. What keeps you? I mean, I get asked a lot of questions about those like. See, I like what kept you going when you were broke and you were struggling. And like when I look back at it now, it's it's so hard for me to 
because I've grown beyond yeah. that phase, it's so hard for me to be like, this is what kept me going. But I think overall, it was the vision. I mean, yeah. what kept you going? I mean, you went into probably one of the ruthless industries. <laughs> PR is intense. Yeah, you have no you know, idea. And to stand out, I mean, there's probably thousands of PR companies. But for you to be, I believe, one of the top three in the country right now, Thank even you. Africa, what made you believe you're going to be part of that top three, if not the best? Um, firstly, it was, it was a very selfish thing. I'm not going to lie. Firstly, I didn't want a boss. Um, and I wanted to do this for myself. I knew that at some point I was going to end up on murder charges if I kept having a boss. It was <laughs> never going to work for me. And I knew I had to do, I, I mean, I'm that kind of person that when I see, I don't have approval on something because I, but I know it's going to work. And then you yeah. tell me it's not. And I'm going to have to sit there and it's going to eat my soul. So I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, I think my, my driving force in this business very much is my daughter. You know, I, I, I honestly don't know if I'd have carried on or even if I still would still carry on now yeah. if I didn't have, you know, that, that inspiration from her. You know, she is, yeah. she's inspirational to me because she's so interested in my work. But I must say only now that she comprehends, now that she's cool at school and she realized that mommy dealing with rappers actually makes her popular because she can say, I know these people. They come to my house. I see. <laughs> so only when she realized that she was more interested in my work. So that was really cool. And she really enjoys, um, what I do. So that's, that's yeah. really inspirational for me. And she's understanding and she's so used to the fact that I travel all the time, but she knows that whenever, wherever I come back from, she's got a present. So yeah. she enjoys that. Um, but I think just from, from, from a pure financial perspective, it's it's not easy. I mean, the only thing that changes when you make money, and I'm not kidding you, right? When you're broke, 70 Rand is like the shit. This is like, I have 70 yeah. Rand. You know, I'm broke, but I've got this. I can at least eat for, and you can make yeah. it last like a week, depending on, on yeah. what you're circa. You can make it last. Trust me, I know. My, di- my definition and my difference in life of how money has changed, I can only describe as when I had 70 Rand, I was broke. Now, if I have 100 grand in my account, I'm still broke. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That's yeah. how I see it. So it's just a case of how things change for you. Yeah. Um, and, and you really need to get there and your inspiration is only you. There yeah. is no one in the world that can do this for you. There's no one in the world that can wake up and go and do what you need to do. There's no one in the world that can pitch that meeting like you can. You have to want this. You yeah. have to want it but bad enough. But I think enough. that's one thing I want to highlight that you said that it was so key is that right now you can have a hundred grand in your account and you're broke, but you're wealthy. I know what you mean. You know, but I, you're wealthy I know, because you uh, yeah. know that you're broke because you're investing. Yes. You're investing now. You're not in a position where I feel like there are people who live rich and are broke, like people who are earning a hundred thousand in salary every month, but most of that money goes to upkeeping their lifestyle. Yes, the house, but the car, you're broke the because you know that, you know, yeah. when you're in your forties, fifties or whatever, you're going to be bowling out of control because oh, of you're going to be enjoying that wealth. I, I have to. I mean, I have to understand that. I mean, I'm 38 now. Yeah. And. You know, I don't want to work forever. I want my company to completely run by itself. I have amazing girls that, that I work with. And, and, you know, I'm very grateful that because they're so good, I get to not be at the office every day. And I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know and I can trust them if I'm not in the office that they're going to be me when I'm yeah. not there. I mean, Justine runs our celebrity department. You deal with her. Yeah. You know, She's Justine doesn't take shit. Love of my life. That one. Yeah. <laughs> you know that she, yeah. and, and you know, it's very much, she's, she's always had that personality, but it's very much of, of trying to just, I've, um, should I say, been there in the sense to show her that you don't take anyone shit. You know, you need to understand when a client's it's a client, but you need to understand when someone's disrespecting you. Yeah. And that's a big difference. If you mess up, 
on the account, you need to apologize to that client. But if that client is being rude to you, I'm prepared to let that account go because I will never let anyone talk to my staff like that. And yeah. I've lost three accounts over the years because of that. Yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, these girls come into work every day and they come for me, for my dream. Yeah. So if I can't stand up for them and yeah. I won't be that person that I will not allow someone to disrespect you, then who will? So I'm, yeah. I'm okay with losing accounts in that sense because no amount of money gives you the right to be disrespectful to someone. Yeah. And, and we run this entire company on passion. Everybody we work with, absolutely every client, we absolutely yeah. love. You know, this is like yeah. a family. Yeah. You know, you 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 are part Three of a family. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting just in exactly. pictures. She's like, you're slaying it. Don't do this. Exactly. Pose like that. That's a bad pose. I'm like, okay. Exactly. She's like, don't so upload you, that. You, yeah. You know, it's like a family. So we really care about whether it's a corporate client, a celeb client, whatever it is. We really care about the people we work with, and we're very passionate about we, the people that we work with. So you know, we we give our all. So the minute you disrespect that. Um, you 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 can't expect us to carry on and 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 be passionate about you. Yeah. Um. So I think for us, it's you know this like I say, this company is very much run on passion, and and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why? Let's go back. Why African Star? You oh, know wow. what? Okay. Because it's such a powerful name when I think about it. But I'm sure when you first be like, "What's the company called?" Le- African Star. Let me tell like, you how I got this name, and you're yeah. actually not going to believe me. But I still I look back at it now, and I think it was just the universe talking to me. I actually had registered this company as Fortunate Communications. Fortunate. Cipro- Fortunate Communications. Playing on your surname. Playing on my surname. Yeah. However, Sipro got back to me and said that the number, the name. Even though it was in communications, had been taken by a phone shop in Durban, and unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't use it. Yeah. As I got this email, I was very despondent and kind of closed my my laptop, and the internet was on. And this page, I think it was still MSN, it popped up, and there was a lioness laying on a well, kind of sitting perched on a this huge rock in the African desert with a star as the sun was setting behind her. And something in me just said, African star. I'm going, I want to be that lioness and that yeah. star. And that's how African star. Yeah. That's how I got And it's the name. so crazy because, I mean, we learn in high school and history books that Africa is seen as the dark continent. Yes. And for you to be like the African star, it's like you're lighting up Africa. It's so crazy. I it's such always, a big name. I always believe that we are the most up until recently, I think we've been the most overlooked continent, you know, with the last developing economy in the world. Um, and, and the one thing I believe as Africans, if we don't grab this opportunity, we're going to lose our continent. Yeah. Um, because every, because we're the last developing economy, everybody can see what we're doing. Everybody can see the potential on this continent, but us. So yeah. we're being so slack about it and we're allowing so much foreign investment in here, which is great. We, we need them to, to, div- to develop but on our what own we have, terms. but we need it on our own terms, and we need we need potential to actually buy our entities and our land back in terms yeah. of, and not and, and I don't mean from a from a physical point of view when I mean money, where I mean okay, there's an airplane going out Sorry guys, but so yeah. I, I don't mean necessarily we must go physically buy land back with with money or anything, but I think if we let go of more than we have already let go, we are going to lose the most beautiful thing we've ever owned as people. Um, our continent is. Gorgeous. I made a commitment to myself in 2016 that I was only going to go on holiday on this continent. I was only going to do business on this continent. I think this is heaven on earth. And because I literally, you have to, like, and yeah. because of that, like, I, do you know what I've seen on our continent? Do you know the places that I never even imagined I would go on holiday? I went and it was beautiful. 
Oh yeah. my god, it was gorgeous. And I think we, you know, especially as South Africans, I actually think we're disgusting because we look at the rest of Africa and we're like, oh, that's Africa. No, yeah, do you we also live in Africa? Yeah, you need to understand. They have a war there. I'm yeah, gonna no, I'm going to go. Yeah. You actually need to go and see. You look know, as South Africans go and see the continent. Not only just because it's so gorgeous, but the opportunity for business. The amount of places I went and thought, hmm, I can bring this in here. They don't. I mean, look at Nigeria. Nigeria imports everything, and I'm not kidding. Everything, and I'm yeah. I mean toothpicks. They import toothpicks. <laughs> Do you understand the, the, the opportunity that there is to go and import there, even from a eventing side, you know, to go and import your knowledge, your products, what you can put there. We don't see these things. Why? Because we don't freaking travel. Yeah. So we have no idea. It's like when I went to Rwanda, everyone's like, isn't there a war there? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Do you know? Like, That's like 20 years Have you ago, seen how like, beautiful Rwanda looks now? Have you seen how gorgeous Ethiopia is? And it is, yeah. I mean, have you seen how amazing Ethiopian airlines are doing? They're one of the, you know, they're really it's up the and best, coming. It's the as, best as, airline exactly. In they're up and coming in the world in terms of African yeah. airlines. We are, we have SAA. SAA can't even do that. We don't want even on that platform. I mean, and we used to be. Yeah. That's the sad thing. We've had more opportunity on this continent than every other, every other country pretty much except the, the very north of Africa. Yeah. Um, so from that point of view, I think we really need to look at ourselves as Africans and, and, and ask ourselves, do we want to own who we are? Yeah. Do we want to still think, be slaves to, to the, the foreign economy? The, and I think the worst thing I think that I know as a South African growing up, especially growing up between, you know, an extremely white society mm-hmm. in, in Cape Town and growing up in the Eastern Cape, extremely black society, what I really notice about our people is that we play too much on the victim card. Yes. Yeah, apartheid was so bad for us and now we're here and, we're, and now we need government to help us. Help us, government, help us. I'm not saying things yeah. are not, I'm not saying things I are not you. bad. No, they are. Yes. But I remember my mom being young and my mom's like, dude, I don't have a lot of money. Your dad has left us. Like, you're not going to be the product of the struggle. You're going to have to yes. fucking learn. You're going to have to, you're going to have to thrive. And that's why my brother and I, no matter what circumstances we're in, we're like, there's a future here. We're going to yeah, work. We're going to work. And it's so seldom I meet incredible students who are studying at NMMU who have everything and they're like, I don't know what to do with my life or mm-hmm. how do I become successful? How do I build a blog? I'm like, there's a photographer sitting here. There's a model right there. Yeah. There's a designer there. All of you can collaborate and build a blog. Exactly. And if everyone in this room tweets that's about it, thing. it trends. But I also do think that, you know, if, I think the one thing we haven't done as South Africans is we haven't apologized. I think um, the perpetrators of of apartheid haven't apologized. If you look at Germany and how they dealt with the Holocaust and and how they actually made a concerted effort to apologize for what they had done as a country and worked on that. We as South Africa haven't done that. Um, And I think that that mentality does come from there. But I also do believe that in order for us, just as an individual, not necessarily for the whole country, just for yourself, you need to understand that, yes, there is still partly a struggle that we need to yeah. overcome We need to own Our entities We need to own our land yeah. We need to Even, understand That we are yeah. the majority And not the minority In this country yeah. And take advantage of that And that's the problem That's really ultimately Where this problem lies But I think as individuals Just as If we do it one by one We'll make the change So within yourself You need to realize that I am amazing. I am African and I have a multitude of struggle and that I've been through that I understand. Yeah. You know, and go and do something with that. Um, I mean, I, I come from, I come from a family with six kids. 
Um, my, my, we lived here till I was 10. My dad took us overseas because he wanted us to have a better opportunity. My mom's Definitely. very, very light. My dad's dark. So obviously having a relationship in South Africa at that time was already a problem. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, taking us overseas, it was the best thing my dad ever did for us. Just in terms of, I never realized at 10 years old that the rest of the world didn't have a birthday. Do you know that? Yeah. Like going to Belgium at 10 wow. years old, I see a white girl kissing a black man. I grabbed my dad. I pulled on him. I was like, tell them to stop. They're going to get into yeah. trouble. I remember that. And my dad had to sit me down and explain that it doesn't happen in the rest of the world. This is just our country. Do you know what that does to a 10 year old to sit there and think, What's wrong with me then? Yeah. What's wrong with, with that us. place? Yeah. Why are they like that when I can, I have to wait outside a shop and get served through a window when I watch somebody who's white go into a shop, but I can do that. I can go into the shop in Belgium. So now tell me what is wrong with my country as a 10 year old. The, the wokeness that you really wake up to yeah. at that point in your life, it makes you realize that you need to invest in who you are as a people. Yeah. yeah. I even remember going to, you know, I went to Sud Valley and my mom also is the same person, get the best opportunities. And I remember, you know, my mom being like, you guys, I don't care what you eat as long as you have the best education. <laughs> and I remember being at a, a school called Sud Valley in, in, in Cape Town and, and there was only two black kids in the whole entire grade of school. And I remember wow. going to my mom and be like, Wow, where are the other black kids? Because I went literally from being in the township yeah. and being in the Eastern Cape to being in a super white area. And it's like, mom, where are the other black people, you know? <laughs> and mom's like, people can't afford it. There's yeah. still a big gap. And for me to take you to the school, I have to give up everything. I have to sell things. I have to use my retirement yeah. annuity to get you through the schools. And a lot of black people just can't afford it. Yeah. So it's one of those things. But let's jump into the crux of it. Okay. The word celebrity mm-hmm. gets used very loosely. People are celebrities, people are fashion phenoms, people are celebrity stylists, celebrity DJs, celebrity this, celebrity that. Yes. You know, I have 200,000 followers. I'm a celebrity. You see, uh-huh. I see press releases. I'll see, okay, Nomza, I'm a celebrity. Then I'll see a blogger there also named as a celebrity. What is a celebrity according to you? Okay. A celebrity according to me is somebody that you celebrate for their talent. Celebrate for their talent. Yes. For me, I believe a celebrity is somebody that actually has a specific talent that they are putting out there. You know, um, the word celebrity has been thrown around so much. Um, I'd say in the last six years, especially in South Africa. Yeah. Um, having a high number of followers doesn't make you a celebrity. Um, but from that Perspective doesn't mean you can't make money. You can still, you know, you you may still have, um, uh, how can I say, you may still have opportunity for for being an influencer because you obviously people want to know about you. But I generally believe that celebrities are people that we actually celebrate, you know, that have a talent that we actually celebrate. Um, I I hate the word celebrity. I'm not going to lie. I hate the word celebrity used in a context where somebody has absolutely no talent in what they're doing but they're famous for being famous yeah um and i I feel like it pulls away from so many other people who who have so much to showcase and have this talent that they can't get out there because somebody is more famous for what they're wearing yeah um you know and 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 i don't mean that in a sense from a fashion um sense you you still have those people but somebody who just has access to a lot of money and 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 puts all these great things up yeah they can afford to buy a beautiful life for instagram and they end up getting a million followers and now it's like exactly they're in vip chilling with Ebonang who actually has a talent exactly. that works but they're there because they have lots of money and they're bloggers exactly. or whatever it is that they do and, and, don't get and me now wrong, they get celebrated bloggers have talent too you i yeah. mean there's 
are specific bloggers that I follow that I think are very good as a, you know, as a wordsmith. They have, they have that talent. They they have a talent of writing. They don't just put up pictures with a little caption underneath. They're actual bloggers. They talk about specific subjects. They talk about things that I like to read about. So there are really good bloggers out there. And I think we, we really can't go past the fact that influencers, bloggers, um, celebrities in, in their own right, um, all have, Something that that can be made money off. If, yes. if you know, we live in the age of technology, so social media is a huge money making um, platform, and we really can't overlook that. And we have to look at in the times that we are now. You know, celeb- the, the the definition of celebrity, you know, eventually will change, and people have also put that up as, you know, something that that we can yeah. see that's changing because because we have so many people that are celebrities that have talent, but we also have people that. Don't necessarily Aren't necessarily famous For their talent But for who they are For instance I hate being called a celebrity I don't think I have any specific talent In the form of entertainment yeah. I don't but think But you do gain respect but in, you, the, in the yes, space Because the space, of the work Because, that because of the do. work That we do yeah. So I'd rather be called A businesswoman To be yeah. honest with you Than yeah. to be called a celebrity Because Firstly I don't necessarily Want to be famous I want to be rich yeah. You know, there's a big difference. Or should I say, I want to be wealthy, yeah. not necessarily rich. I I, I want to be in a space yeah. where money isn't everything, but yeah. I still have it. Because when you're silly, I, I think that's the thing that I've always struggled with because, you know, I run a company at the same time I do things that are considered celebrity-like. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, I hate being called certain things because I'm just like, I actually just want to work. Yeah. And that's <laughs> you know, the thing. I, I want to be respected and be well known, definitely. Because once you become a celebrity, that's when media houses can gossip about you. Because yes. you're a celebrity. Yes. So I'm not trying to get gossip about me. I want people to talk about just my and work. And that's the thing. I remember when I first started coming into the space and I was dating someone at the time and it ended up, I mean, I remember the Sunday Times still had a column at that time. And apparently I'd been engaged to this person and I had no idea. Um, I mean, we were dating at the time, but apparently got engaged. And I was like, wow, when did yeah. this happen? Um, and I realized that that point if if i was going to have any more of a public profile i never wanted anyone to talk about my love life because my love life is not a talent yeah you know what i mean and i didn't want anybody to specifically get involved with that i really wanted to be respected for the work that i did not for the person i was dating wow um and i think that's why you know so many people ask me you know you you very cagey about your personal life I, my social media is, it's just that I don't owe you anything. And that's the thing. (laughs) I don't mind, like, I'll put pictures up of my daughter, my work, what I'm doing. But when it comes to the person in my life, I prefer them not to have to. I generally don't date people in this industry. I've only ever dated one person in this industry and I swore I'd never do it again. Um, but I, I, I date people outside of this industry and I feel it's so unfair to put them in the situation where they now have to deal with me in 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 a public light because i don't think that's fair on them to have to be scrutinized for who they are when they didn't they asked for me they didn't ask for my job and and that's why i don't put but can i play devil's advocate i feel like the way that i see your position is you're like the olivia pope of the industry basically you're not just any other pr person that just sits at a desk and be like oh let's do pr you are that kind of person like fuck there's a crisis this is how we met you see things before they even happen i remember you telling me in our meeting, you're like, these are the things that are going to happen. If I'm going to PR you, you're going to have to fucking work, number one. Yes. And then I'll be there to make sure that your work is channeled in the right spaces yes. and the right things. So I see you as an Olivia Pope, and I think it's, it's, it's close to impossible to date you without dating your work because your work is also who you are as a person, in a sense. I understand So how that. do you how do you find 
that balance. I mean, I'm not saying I watch <laughs> Olivia Pope, but you know, it's unfair for a partner to want to date you and be like, yeah, I don't care about your work or your workspace. But at the end of the day, whether or not, I mean, I, I love Farah for who she yes. is. I'm dating her. She's an amazing woman. But at the end of the day, she still is the pitbull in heels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so it has, has that been tough for you in relationships? I think it's just been tough having a relationship or getting a man in the first place, to be honest, because firstly, um, you know, I, like you said, I don't lie about who I am. So a guy that meets me already knows what he's walking into. He already yeah. knows the kind of person I am. Um, and, and men tend to approach me in that sense. I can change. I can make a sound. No, I'm not that person. I want you to love me and respect me for who I am. Um, and unfortunately, because of my job or should I say fortunately because of my job, I've been able to weed out the people that are not good for me. Um, yeah. But it is tough having a relationship. Um, firstly, I try and not date people who have social media. Yeah. I think that is a very important thing for me. I don't want anyone to be harassed because they have a social media account and now people are trying to figure out who he is. I like to date people that have high-profile jobs that like to be quiet in their private life as well. Um, and that's the people I like to date purely because when I'm with you, I get to be the most real me with you. Yeah. And even though you might see open up a magazine and see an article, you still know I'm that girl that looks like that mascara is running yeah. down my face when I wake up in the morning because <laughs> I didn't take my yeah. makeup off. You know, I have cellulite and stretch marks and it's yeah. okay. You love me for that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think it's anybody's business who I really open my legs to, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've always felt like that. Um, I mean, even if I was engaged right now, I wouldn't tell you. You'd literally see a picture from my wedding day. Yeah. I just feel like I'm, there's certain things in life that I feel like I need to appreciate by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've, I've come to learn, especially being around people like yourself, people like Tibbs or just any incredible people that I see shining and doing incredible things. And for me, when I talk about incredible things, it's not the things that are celebrated in the papers. It's just the things that people don't actually celebrate is how you think, you know. And when I look at all of all of the successful people that I've met, including you, is that there's a sense of loneliness where you know, you've tried relationships, you've tried the love thing, but at the end of the day, it still ends up being you and your company mm -hmm. and your journey, you <laughs> yes. know. And I look at even some of the greatest people in history, your Shaka Zulus. I look at your Margaret Thatchers. I look at your, you know, your Martin Luther King. All these great black people who have lived in our time. Nelson Mandela had to sacrifice a huge part of mm -hmm. their relationships and their love for the greater yes. goal. Yes. And would you say that, you know, whether or not you end up married or not married in future, your main goal is to make sure your daughter lives in a place where she doesn't have to worry about money. She doesn't have to worry about opportunity. She can be who the best she is yes. and carry on that legacy. Is that you feel what you're working towards? Um, or I, th I think for me, yes. But you, firstly, um, let me put the record straight. Leila's father is, he does very well for himself. Yeah. Even if I decided today that I couldn't support my child. I know from a financial perspective he's very yeah. much there. Um and I mean we were married. I am he's he's you know, he's he's her dad, so I know he take care of her. Yeah. Um but the reason I think I work so hard to show my daughter that you need to do this for yourself is because I don't want her to ever be those kids that are, my daddy will do it. My daddy will buy me a car. My daddy will do this. My I daddy, deserve this. Or I my, deserve my, that. Yeah. You know, and also I want her to say, you know, I come from a good financial background because my mom could do it as well as my dad. And I, I didn't, 
it was a little bit of a selfish thing. I didn't want her to grow up just looking at her dad thinking, oh, well, he's, he's the wealthy one. I also wanted to have my own wealth, yeah. but more so for Layla to realize that it's just as possible for a woman to have it as much as it's possible for a man to have it. Yeah. So I, mean, I come from that perspective. When you, when you retire one day, uh-huh. I mean, and you're sitting there and you're looking at your whole entire life. Yeah. What do you think will make you the most proud? Um, what is that one dream where you're like, you know what? Through all the bullshit that I go through, through all the hate, through all the daily struggles, through all the money, when I've done it all yeah. and I get to sit back and go, ah, what a life. What is that <laughs> one thing that you're like, this is something that I deserve, actually. What is that one thing that you're like, this is, this is why I did everything. This is, this is when my life, it makes sense. I think for me, I know that sounds really, but for me, it was just actually being able to my, see my daughter graduate from from high school and uni and knowing that, you know, I was there to support her through that and I was able to afford that kind of education for her yeah. and hope that she does something with it. I think from a, from a material point of view. Um, if I, if, if I'm sitting there and I'm retired, I, I want to know that I don't have debts. Yeah. Ultimately, that's my end Financial goal. Financial freedom is Financial goal. freedom is my goal. I don't, like now, I don't, I don't own, I don't have credit cards. Yeah. I refuse. If I live by the, by the life that I buy what I can afford. If I don't have the cash for it, I don't buy. I don't put yeah. anything, nothing in my life is on credit. Not my car, not my, like everything's paid for in my life. Wow. Because I just don't believe in credit. I got myself into that position. I got myself out of that position. I'm not damn well going anywhere near there again. Um, And a lot of people say to me, well, you know, your company. And I was like, my company is not in debt. We pay what we can afford. If we don't, we pay our, you know, our bills every month, but I don't owe anyone money and I don't want to owe anyone money. Um, it's just not the life I want to live. That kind of stress will kill you, yeah. you know, financial stress. And that's why for me, financial freedom is so important. I mean, when I started this company, I mean, I lost my home at one point because I was renting and we didn't have money to pay rent. Layla and I, we lived in the car and I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a game to her because she was still so young. Luckily, we were able to get out of that situation very yeah. quickly. But, you know, not everybody's so fortunate, but I, I promised myself that if it meant I lost all of this and I had to clean toilets to keep her in that damn school, I will do that. Yeah. You know, for me, it's all about financial freedom. Um, and just, you know, the one thing I have realized, I must say, in the last nine years, having all the success in the world and having no one to share it with, you're very right, is one of the loneliest things you can ever go through. Yeah. And but do you sometimes feel that because... The kind of person that I feel like God chooses people on this earth to do like things that are out of this world, you know, and not everyone, unfortunately, can be a farer. You know, some people, you know, purposes are different and we work in whether we like it or not. Life is this chain of survival. We have to have teachers. Mm -hmm. We have to have the guy that takes the trash out. We have to have those people on a high level. We have to have your farer fortunes who are brilliant, but that comes at a cost. Yes. And you get the wealth, you get the family, but Uh you never have the partner because you never understood. Because all these visions in your head and and, and this journey that you're walking towards, unfortunately, no one understands. I think it's it's the hardest thing for me was dating someone with a nine to five. They couldn't understand the journey and the struggle um, at the time that I was going through. Um, So, I, like I said, I tried to date people that are very much not in the public eye themselves. I, I really like my privacy. People think I'm out all the time. You don't understand. Like when 
especially when my daughter goes to like the the few times that she'll go to her dad's now and again and and I get the weekend to myself. I'm not kidding. When I tell you I walk into my house and I lay in my bed from Friday till Sunday, I do yeah. that shit because also, I you don't, don't spend get a lot of time at events. I always see at events no. you literally say hi, hi, greet whoever you need to greet and then you and then I go to, far, I and go, then she's gone. I go to <laughs> events for two reasons. One, I go to network. Yeah. Right. It's very important. Events are very important for me. I need to make sure from a networking perspective, also just to make sure that our clients that are there are getting interviews, that people see them, that kind of thing. Luckily, Justine is in our lives now and Justine yeah. can do a lot of that stuff. So that's great. And then the other thing for me, events is, is when I'm going to support someone. If you have an event and then my friend, I'll go from a support point of view. I have this thing, like, if you're not paying me, yeah, why am I there? Yeah. If it's not my client, why am I there? What are we doing here? Like, who are we trying to fool? I don't, yeah. I'm, I don't care if I end up on the social pages. No one's paying me for that. So I've really gotten to this point in my life where, yes, I am all about making money because I want to make sure that I can pay good salaries. I can have a, a, a an office. I can make sure that my daughter's okay. I'm at that point in my life where, yeah. you know, I hate to say it, in, you know, it's, it's the truth. Money makes the world go around and I want to be able to be in a position where I can give back. And, and that's my ultimate goal. I want to be able to be in a position financially where I can go and give people scholarships. I can go and help young women, you know, to be yeah. who they want to be because it's all about paying it forward. If you don't pay it forward, you're never going to get anything back. Wow I think just in closing I want to ask you A personal question sure. From my end as, okay. as one of your clients <laughs> and people, Is that You know I struggle a lot with You know Is that I never hate on anybody I just want to do sure. my own thing And in doing my own thing I, may, I make certain decisions yeah. Right And I even be frank And said recently I made a decision That I don't want to be On the plug list mm. Not because I don't support it I sure. love it I think it's great But I'm not trying to be A blogger or an influence I'm trying to be a businessman sure. You know So I'm trying to Do whatever it takes And you get I get a lot of flack for that And How do I grow that thick skin And how do anybody else In the industry Grow that thick skin Because sometimes Social media can get Pretty scary Where you're like These people are saying Really hectic yeah. things And I'm like But I never want anything From you So and it's something that I'm trying to grow out of where I'm like, these people, they talk like they know me. It's so intense. It is, hey. And you are one of those people where you don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get to that perspective? And even I've seen so many people, in my opinion, that I feel have done you wrong. Yeah. But then I see you at an event. You go and greet. You move mm -hmm. on. And they're like. Yeah. <laughs> because I How mean, do you get to that peaceful place? You're just like. Hate on me, love on me, I actually do not care. I'm gonna do me as Farah and just kill shit. So how do you get to okay. grow into that space? Just just think of how shit that feeling feels when you have to deal with it. Feel that right now. Do you feel that? Yeah, okay. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, right? So why are you feeling it? What is the point? None of those people at that point for me, I have this thing. You're not putting food on my table. Why do I care about it? I also have this thing where it's, you know, because I mean, I was just like you. I, 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 I had to grow a really thick skin. So for me at this point in my life, I am very much, you don't put food on my table, so I don't have to care. Secondly, even if you do put food on my table, that does not give you the right to disrespect me. Wow. So, at, you know, regardless of what you think you're doing for me, I can go find that somewhere else. It's all about making sure that you feel who you are. That person you want, you envision and see as being that person, that's all you've got to be. Everything else around you doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't care. Don't give a shit. 
just as long as you can go to bed at night and you can sleep knowing that you didn't hurt anyone or didn't screw anyone over, you're okay. Wow. Farah, that is it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I think the closing word is, if you don't put food on my table, why do I give a fuck? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, guys. The podcast will be out later today. Farah, this is probably one of the, the best episodes I've ever had of, of the Trade Exchange. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for paying it forward and dropping Pleasure. this incredible wisdom. And I think it's right to say that to close the show with a Jay-Z song. <laughs> and it's called Legacy. And I think I'm excited for, for the legacy that you're building. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. This is cliffcentral.com.